Good afternoon, Meet Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a podcast that used to be about books and crying. This is episode uh, 42 of season two of the show. Even season two, Anthony, is getting kind of long. The, yeah, I mean... The we, mythical restart. They, I mean, they picked us up for another 522 for a full season. I know. So we have a lot more to go. I know, but it still feels like... podcast season yeah. 522 yeah. episodes. <laughs> um, season two is all about... Uh, whether stuff holds up. This is, of course, our subsection of season two um, about Alexit, which we started talking about last week. This is our Alexit um, run, a series. Let's call it a series. Uh, so I'm uh, leaving Portland and heading to Los Angeles here in a couple of weeks, and so we're watching movies about L.A., but ex- but only those about L.A. that include L.A. in the title of the movie, to mm-hmm. be more specific. So we watched L.A. Story last week, and this week we're watching Blade Runner, L.A. snuck in there in the oh, word blade. Yep. I see. See how we did that? Isn't I that did. great? I, I am, I'm seeing that now. My favorite thing in the world for a series of Reading Weave episodes is to pick something incredibly specific mm-hmm. and then break it a little bit. Yeah. So I over- right away. Yeah. This is episode, the second episode. I was going to wait longer to riff on it, but um, this was a perfect time to watch this because we're watching um, Blade Runner, uh, which takes place in November 2019. We're watching it during Blade Runner month. Yep, yeah. this is Blade Runner month. And I I don't know how strongly this struck you guys, but driving here, it had the same vibe. It yeah. really feels yeah. like they nailed it on they what the future it. would be. It's they exactly it. what the world is like right now. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get more into the movie in a second, but let me introduce you to the panel today. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, always excited to be here, especially when I didn't have to go anywhere for this episode. Yeah, this whole, in my kitchen. <laughs> we came to your house. We're in our Southeast Portland studios, um, <laughs> which we are, and we are here because uh, we wanted to watch Blade Runner, and Anthony forbid me from watching it on my computer screen. I said, the only way we could do this is if I came over to your house, watched it on your giant-ass TV in ultra-high definition, at most, the whole thing. Yes. And I did that. So we're here. Uh, I saw it as God intended this film. Yes, I mean... A TV in Southeast Portland. I like that you think that I have an Atmos sound system. I don't. I oh, have I a regular... No, it's... <laughs> I don't know what that that's, means. Uh, it's... I wish. Yeah, that was just regular old TV sound. TV well, sound. Could have fooled pretty me. Good, yeah. Blew me away. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and of course, you kept mo- motion smoothing on for me. Yeah, so I of enjoy course. It. Like, and it's like God wanted it. You know, motion, you know the, I only watch movies with motion smoothing, full screen. Fuck yes. that widescreen shit. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. care. I was like, why full would screen. you leave yeah. part of the screen yeah, black? No, I yeah. want my whole screen. I okay. paid for the whole screen. I paid for the screen. No. Uh, I gave Vizio the money for the whole thing, not just yeah. the middle section. No, we, uh, we did watch the widescreen final cut edition the final uh, cut uh so that's the one they made this is the one that ridley scott made on his home mac yeah mm-hmm. on final cut. final cut yeah. three is what he <laughs> yeah. used for this yeah. mm-hmm. um because it was the 80s all right uh and also joining us today uh he, your favorite social is at hungry hunty on instagram it's mr hunter donaldson yeah hey what a uh hun- hungry i'm glad you picked hungry hunty because it is Mostly finished food. That's your theme. It's not finished food. Or like half finished. No, it's it's I. It's never I, pristine. You've already always already eaten a little bit of it. Are you saying I've already finished or finish? Great question. Um, completed food. Completed. completed. Or partially okay. completed food. It's pictures of food. It's a new thing. And no, there's no food in it, really. Um, it, wait. I like to go to a restaurant. It's a new thing. Like someone's finally putting pictures of food on <laughs> the internet. Yeah, thing. yeah, yes. I mean, that's a fucking good it's, thing to get in it's on. I like it. It's a new it. thing I'm yeah. starting. And... Um, 
So I like, you know, I want to have a food Instagram. I go to a restaurant, I order some tasty food, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I pull my phone out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of this food for the gram. Got to gram this food. Yeah. But mm. then I'm like looking at the food, and I'm like, oh my God, this looks so good. <laughs> and so a lot of times what happens is I kind of just set the phone down, and, and then I eat the, eat food, the food in its entirety. Yes. Until there's just a dirty plate in front of me. And then I'm like, well, still got to gram this. So then I, I gram it afterwards. This certainly sounds like I was right in saying this was completed food. I don't know oh, why yeah. that was so well, difficult. Well, you just made it sound like I would leave some food there. I like sometimes to completely it'd be like, finish. Yeah, sometimes it would be like, I'm going to Sometimes I don't eat the pickle. Like, yeah. the pickle will, like, yes. will stay there. You know, if I'm not in the mood for a pickle. I really that's... enjoy it. It's a fun Instagram. Uh, so, at Hungry Hunty, thanks for joining us. Also, um entirely on Anthony's side that this was the only way that I could watch this movie so I'm glad you were able to come oh, out to yeah. our, our studios to watch this as as it was intended um, yeah the final cut of this movie so this is you guys are both big fans of Blade Runner already this mm-hmm. is my first time seeing it for those at home who have not seen uh, the original Blade Runner final cut um I, I don't know how much is different from their cuts but let's let's oh. quickly summarize for everybody um about this uh, uh, I would say dirt punk space noir Ooh, I like dirt punk. Um, I would not say that describes this. Yeah, and they and there's no (laughs) space. There's no space in it. Yeah, and it is space. They're just not in space. Alex, they already have a genre for it. It's called cyberpunk. It's called cyberpunk. They invented it. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to invent a new like it's a. This is a truck punk movie (laughs) that we've seen here. Well, but I saw a truck. It's a punk (laughs) truck thing. Um, there it it, okay. So there's a lot of versions of the future. This Mm -hmm. is one of this is one where it's dirty. Mm. So it's more of a dirt future. Okay. Um, Well, it's it's retro futurism. Retro future grime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also you know the it's the uh, the encroaching uh, pollution and capital Mm -hmm. and game capitalism everywhere. You know the film opens on. Oil fields burning as far as the eye could see. Yeah. You know, there's no more animals. Swing and a miss. No more animals left. There's no more. There's all uh, fake animals. Yeah. Electronic animals. Yeah. I mean, that one, they're like kind of on the right track, mm. but also a miss. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm, I love uh, future movies, and I love future the, movies. Fu- yes. Futurism. Yeah. <laughs> I love when they are correct, and I love when they are incorrect. Uh-huh. And we'll, we'll, I'll talk about that more later. But first, for people who have not seen Blade Runner, let's give people... We, uh, I've been enjoying our one character at a time summary. So, Anthony, um, why don't you start us off and explain um, who... Uh, uh, or pick a character. You can be... Any, uh, I was yeah, gonna give you so, some, but pick. Uh, I mean, but basic flat uh, uh, world t- table setting. The movie takes place in modern day uh, 2019, yes. Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. Uh, in a in an alternate future in which people, uh, the Tyrell Corporation invented replicants, which are not yes. robots, they're not androids. They are, for all intents and purposes, exactly like people, yes. except they're artificially made, uh, and they have four-year lifespans. Exactly and four-year lifespans. There is a which you know they could do it longer, but it's. You know, they want you to keep buying new models. The yeah, exactly. company who's got planned obsolescence with yeah, their exactly. replicants. Planned obsolescence in their people. Yeah, uh, yeah and uh, in so this, so in give this me, universe... Yeah, give me, yeah, give me, yeah. Give me probably Harrison Ford. But give me some yeah, advice. so there's a retired uh, cop who uh, in, works for the Blade Runner division, which are the people who go around and murder citizens in the street. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
that very sci-fi premise. Something that never happens. Yeah. Cops going around indiscriminately Shooting murdering people. people. Yeah, it's hard to even get into the it, fiction there. Yeah, it's, it's not. Very, it's not indiscriminate. It's yeah. people they think are robots. Yes, well, people they view as separate from them. Again, yeah. a very sci-fi concept. <laughs> it's so. It's kind of hard to put your brain. Yeah, I mean, there, but, if, but you can, if you can imagine, if you can that. imagine like cops with like prejudices and not quite understanding the difference between them and the other people, but just this being is gonna told very, that there is. This is going to complicate my my um, memory of this movie if you're telling me it's also a metaphor yeah because <laughs> i'm really focused on this uh, robot thing yeah they're not robots they're replicants sure. replicants big difference yep, yep. replicants there's a Spec- huge difference especially because again this also takes place in the alien universe which has a big thing with androids androids and replicants are two very different, different things oh yeah what are the i have not heard that this is connected to the alien universe so in what way is it connected well there's uh so the it's also a little slow yeah, well, so the, they've got that theme in common. The Tyrell okay. Corporation, similar pace. And I'm Wiling. not sure that's enough for like a <laughs> cinematic <Yeah>. universe. Like, <laughs> but uh, I, oh, sorry, Anthony, I just want yeah. to enjoy for a moment Hunter Donaldson's slightly condescending film school, yeah. uh, which I'm currently enrolled in. Uh, we started on the walk to get coffee before we watched the movie, where you were t- we were talking about themes of movies, and you said that Snowpiercer, one of the themes, is not piercing. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's not what I said. You yeah. said one I of said the snow themes snow was snow. And, snow. and I was like, I don't know two if snow themes. is a theme. Now, snow can be used as a metaphor to sure. reinforce And then you the said theme. coldness. Yes. Yeah. That's a theme. Yeah. Right. Which is snow. snow. Yeah, so snow and piercing yeah. are both themes. Anyway, just mildly <laughs> condescending film school with Hunter Donaldson. But yeah, both um, Ridley Scott movies, uh, Waylon Utani is referenced uh, in like the background or something like in uh, it. Okay. And then uh, in the a- later Alien sequels, like the Terrell Corporation is referenced in them. Oh. So it's implied no, that, that they're supposed oh, to be Oh, I thought this was universe. a I thought this was a classic Lopez no, conspiracy theory. This, this is, is a real like thing. an actual oh, like okay. canonical okay. thing. It's like, good it's to funny know the Easter difference. eggs, but there's also um it's just like the yeah, little thing they put in the movies. But yeah. yeah. Tyrell and Wyland Utani are supposed to be like competitive organizations. And we do That's meet why. Tyrell, um the uh job creator of the future mm-hmm. who oh, is uh living in his um beautiful Dirt punk pyramid, tower. Pyramid it's not tower. dirt punk. Yeah, stop. <laughs> They're so dirty. That. It's dirt, not a clean hey, future. No, no that the, Tyrell, the place he lives, he lives in clean. a pristine pyramid. Ty- Tyrell's pyramid yes. is clean. Everything else is dirt. Everything else, the whole city looks like if you don't yeah. have a hood over your stove, just that like well, I think greasy here's, dust here's on the, every the, single Alex, surface. Okay, the problem with saying dirt punk is you're essentially saying punk punk. Like yep. the punk is what implies right. the grind. Oh, punk oh, already got that cut. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you're you're being redundant here. Oh, okay. you know? well, that's a good... Okay, fair point. Yeah. You're also trying to name something that has been so clearly... Yeah. Na- like It's like you're coming in in 2019 and being like, do we have a w- name for this already? It should mm. be Dirt Punk, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm. it should. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to make a thing that's more descriptive because the problem with cyberpunk is... Not a lot of cyber sex happening in this movie. What? Well, that's the cyber... <laughs> that's what cyber is for us, typing one hand. No, that's, that's not... <laughs> Do you cyber yeah. is not, do you drive a, a car with extra lights? Uh-huh. So sci- so in your world, yes. let's just get this straight. Yeah. In your world, when someone says cyber, the yes. only thing that's related to is sex. And I will that's say, it. I am not alone. Uh-huh. The people are with me. 
If I say but cyber, you always do this. You always <laughs> yeah. appeal to the majority that yes. you've decided what they think. And Alex, no, you're not. It's that every time we finish a show where everyone is yelling at me, and then I go, we go to the Twitter lines, and everyone is like, "I don't know why everyone was so mad at you. You are correct about this." And no one is ever like, "Man, yeah, Anthony sure burned you correctly." You've cultivated you an audience of weirdos like you, Alex. Yep. So it's yep. not. It's a very small I think, sample size. I think, no, okay. This, Ian, I feel like the other name for this show is, uh, uh, at least today's episode, but any episode with you, Anthony, really is um, Anthony Gaslights Me. That's the real <laughs> theme of our podcast. You just love pretending something obvious doesn't is not real. Uh, people who got internet in the 90s think of cyber and sex as the similar That's words. It. We don't yeah. use cyber in many other situations except for cybersecurity. Which is different from sex, and that's why you have to add the word security so we know what you're talking about. Okay, but, but then if people who knew about cyberpunk, which is something that's been around since the 80s, yes, which is before the 90s, wh- but what is the what does that mean? The 80s? That was it, a time place. Yeah, it was a <laughs> decade. You have to understand. So, <laughs> what does the 80s it, mean? No, what is the? Do you I mean, when okay, you were born, look, Alex? I got okay. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna torrent. I love the 80s. The VH, yeah. VH1 show. I'm gonna send that. that to you. Just though doing your homework, you'll get I the just, 80s. I think if it was called "I am a little bit indifferent about the 80s" or like "I have some real problems with the 80s," I'd be more interested in that series. Yeah, just yeah. unabashedly loving that decade is like a weird choice. Oh, hey, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a bad decade. Yeah, uh, there was like if it was called, hey. There were some good things in the eighties. Like that would be better. Yeah, name. but you understand the getting back to the yes. the actual like punk as like a thing like steampunk, cyberpunk, solar punk. But see, steampunk this, doesn't mean they're dirty. Well, it, it's it again. Just means it's, that they have a, that they're like wearing steam. The punk is the aesthetic that steam. wears. Is that, that what it means? Yeah. Is that they wear <laughs> coats <laughs> of <Yeah>. steam? <laughs> <laughs> but they're not okay. But not all the punks are necessarily dirty. So I was. I, yeah. It's interesting to learn that what, he, what cyberpunk means is the future, but it's dirty. That's not what cyberpunk means. No, that isn't. That's well. Then, it's, then calling it's a it lot punk makes sense. You're it's a lot more than that. Now. You're again. You're limiting. Okay, so tell me about Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is a retired Blade Runner. Yes. He gets pulled back in for one last job to retire four replicants who recently escaped an off-world colony yes. and have come to Earth to try to extend their life. He is also not really a hero. He's more of an indifferent uh, bad guy in mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, the replicants are actually the good guys. And the point of the movie is this very, very small, insignificant story that examines what it means to be human in this great, beautiful world, which is why it's one of the greatest movies ever made. This movie fucking rules! Okay, so so hang tight, hang tight. Uh, Hunter, um, if you could, in a silly condescending way, um, explain another character from uh, Blade Runner for me. Uh, M. Emmett Walsh plays a guy named Brian, Mm -hmm. who is... uh, Harrison Ford works under, and he uh, does exposition. Supervisor cop, um, and he also does tiny origami. No, that's yeah, Edward no, James Olmos. That's nope. you're a thinking, different guy. Damn it. Yeah, Edward James Olmos does oh, right. so they, origami. Edward James Olmos is not his boss also? No, he's no. just another cop. Oh, just another equal cop. Who he, knows? But he treats he him knows like stuff. shit. He knows stuff. Yeah, yeah he knows okay. stuff, okay. and he, he, knows he knows what so Harrison Brian Ford is the dreams. Boss guy. Yeah. yeah. How? He knows yeah. about Harrison Ward's dreams? That's the whole point of the that's unicorn. The thing. That's the thing. That's what's going to be so fun about this episode. Yeah, is actually, I think did you, get you that? did not get All right, so let's, let's just Runner go straight to... There's a scene in the middle yes. where Harrison Ford is playing piano, and what happens while he's playing piano? Uh, he's wait, playing that's the piano. unicorn part? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
He dreams so of a unicorn. unicorn. He dreams that, but he was playing piano. Well, it's like a he daydreams about a unicorn. Yes, yes, yes. So Harrison Ford is a bad guy cop who wants to fuck a unicorn and retires robots. He doesn't want to fuck the unicorn. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's well, just <laughs> sure, Freud. Whatever that's what you say. <laughs> you're you were watching that being like yeah. this is the horniest scene of the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, it because literally you is because a unicorn, unicorn is the horniest animal. Oh, okay. That's its thing. It's a horse with more hornies. So. I get it. Yeah. I'm putting it together now. Um, so he uh, uh, is dreaming of that, and then the other cop just knows what's going on in his dreams? Well, yeah. so Why would the... he know that? Well, I that's assume the... it's because Harrison Ford is also a robot. Right. Yes. The same way Harrison Ford knew other ladies' dream, uh, exactly. history, this guy exactly. knows. And I actually parts. forgot about that part of the movie. I forgot about the part where that's how he proves to Rachel that she's a replicant yeah uh because that comes into play a lot in the sequel to the movie mm. and i had forgotten about that element of like memories being so important and in the sequel i was like why is this so much about memory and then in rewatching this i was pleasantly surprised with like oh this actually feels uh, like a very natural extension that the sequel well i did not put that together during the movie but i figured it out now <laughs> yeah and also the unicorn the, thing because i was like why did he make a unicorn out of matchsticks this is one of the big things about the uh this like we were talking about earlier before this movie but if you don't know about blade runner uh there are like five different versions of yes. this movie you can watch and because all of, of money because, because of that money. and uh, a lot of trying to either the theatrical cut of this movie was very bad. It has mm. some of the worst voiceover you'll ever see in a movie. <laughs> uh, like just the studio made them put voiceover in and Harrison Ford and Ridley Scott didn't really want it. Mm-hmm. So Ridley Scott uh, directed Harrison Ford to purposely give the worst voiceover performance he could. Like if it was uh. so bad, they won't use it. And they used it anyway. <laughs> uh but it's uh, and a lot of the different cuts are different variations of hitting like nailing the hitting the like nail on the head of is it is he or isn't he a replicant? That's kind of what changes the most yeah. between the different cuts. And in the final cut, because Ridley Scott really wants you to believe he's a replicant, even though I think that's like it's better if it's very vague and you mm-hmm. can kind of get your own interpretation of whether he is or isn't. Uh, this one drives home like. Yes, he's a replicant. They uh, and add- by drive home, you mean your friends can explain it to you later. Well, no, I mean... Because I did not get that. Here's what I thought. Because there's the one scene where um, uh, he's talking to his robot girlfriend, and he's like... And she says, hey, do you think maybe you're a robot too? And then he's conveniently already asleep and didn't hear the question. And I was right. like, well, that sounds like they yeah. want me to think this. But then they never talk about it ever again, as far as I was concerned, yeah. except for this weird tick about a unicorn that well, didn't make any sense. There's also, like, I, I mentioned in the, in the, uh, the, um, while we were watching it, there's a change I really dislike. Yes. Yeah, I want to know what that is. There is, uh, throughout the movie, the replicants, especially in this one, they added even more, but the digital red yes, eyes yes. that they have, in that scene, they pit that on Harrison Ford's eyes. Oh, uh, I didn't He even walks in that. in low light, and you can see he yeah. has red glowing eyes. And they, like, really highlight it. Again, it's just Ridley Scott in very much like a George Lucas, like, I think people didn't get it, so I need to, like, but, drive it home. Now, yeah. okay, well, now I'm kind of mad because I don't think it makes sense for him to be a replicant um, because he I don't feels think it pain really matters. all the time. I don't think it really and matters. Their one, yeah. their one trait is that yeah. they can't feel pain and he can feel pain. Well, he's a spe- I mean, 
those models can't feel pain. The replicants can be very different. Like, uh, like so they were a Nexus Six, like my old. Cell yeah, phone. and he was a lower model, an, an older model, or in like what they kind of imply in the sequel that he was a a special model, right? Designed by Tyrell to run away with Rachel so that they could have a kid. Um, really. Which, Yes, that's because the the sequel deals sequel. a lot with that makes yeah. Tyrell that massive sequel spoilers. Yes, right but there. also that makes Tyrell way creepier. Yeah, Tyrell's a really bad person. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kind of yeah, because mostly I felt bad for his eyes getting popped out. Yeah, but, but yeah. I don't feel that bad. Oh, God, but to be fair, being a slave creator and a horrible god who's a narcissist I is mean, not a good look for anybody. Sure, you know, but, but just to okay, but just to you know, this is Westworld. Right? Um, well, it, is it? Right, <laughs> it? I mean, it is. Uh, it's, it's just like what we talk about whenever we watch Westworld together, yeah. Anthony. But, like, is he a slave creator or did he or did he just make computers um, that, that know how to say, oh, but I'm hurt? But, but no, like, that's not what replicants you, are. Replicants are identical are to human. People. They're artificial people with their own thoughts and feelings. They are not supposed to have a. Mo- they ide- like they bleed, right? Yeah, but, they get but, sweaty. I mean, look, this this is an actual serious conversation yeah. about whether implanted memories and fake backstory is enough for that to be your actual personality. Since well, most of us think that our memory, we are a collection of yeah. our own memories. So I don't know that it's safe to say that they are slaves. Well, I I'm, think that's a more interesting question than yeah, you're I, yeah, I, No, I think uh, Alex. I think people have been having this conversation since the movie came out because yes. mm-hmm. what the conversation it's, the movie's it's trying what the movie to get is about. To have. Yes. So, but like, you're just assuming one answer already and I was no I'm trying to get you to talk about it because that's what is, well, what's fun I about these kind of debates I talk yeah. about. so uh, we'll come back to this perhaps we have to get through this summary so you were telling me about Brian oh yeah well I mean I just wanted to br- I just really like him Emmett, Emmett Walsh yeah. and that's yeah. what I wanted to talk about because I think he's a great actor although uh, he doesn't really get to do much that's interesting in this movie yeah. uh, besides exposition but he's just fantastic I always forget he's in the movie yeah. and then just get really excited he's just such a such a wacky dude such a great he actor. looks great in blue light yeah. and this he movie speeches so a lot of time light. yeah yeah um, I like the shape of his head so we mentioned Tyrell really quick Tyrell uh, owns Tyrell Corp, which mm-hmm. is the yeah. only corporation in the future besides Coca-Cola. And well, and Atari. And Atari. Atari is yeah. in there. Inexplicably. Yeah. Um, Weird bad call. They missed yeah. that. Well, and, uh, <laughs> oh, swing and a miss. speaking of that, there's also a giant Pan Am sign in the oh. background, which is another fun... like <laughs> Another uh, miss. Yeah. Ooh. But hey, even Kubrick made that mistake, you know? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people bet on Pan yeah. Am. So the uh, uh, Tyrell Corp owns everything and makes the robot people, and uh, he is good at chess, but not as good as his own creations. It's also weird that he's like a hands-on genetic designer of his own things. He's really like... If your company owns most of the planets, it seems like you'd have more underlings, but it seems to be the Tyrell Corporation is just him... And E.B. Farnham from uh, uh, Deadwood um, mm-hmm. and his Who's great. horny robots. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, that's Tyrell. Anthony, one more. Uh, well, we got to talk about Beatty. Yeah. Betty? Uh, Beatty, is that his name? Beatty. Uh, played by the incredible Rugged Howard, who is the leader of the replicants. Mm-hmm. And is the, his time is running up very, very quickly, and he's trying to find a way to extend his life. Yes. Uh, finds out he can't do that, and then decides to spend his last few minutes teaching Harrison Ford what it feels like to live in fear and what an appreciation of life is followed yeah, by which really one of, gets me on his side right there Boy. one of the Are greatest you being yes oh wow his last he's like I'm gonna live for an hour so I'm just gonna torture somebody for no, that hour I'm gonna teach somebody a lesson and then a give lesson one in of the pain and torture one of the greatest film monologues yeah. in the history yeah. of the entire art form uh-huh. uh, 
and he's the best yeah, thing about the movie. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. Yeah, Bucket yeah, Hat yeah. was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like the Cla- whole classic Dutchman features. Yeah, he's got he's just got a great weird face. Yes, and such he, a weird face, and he uses it really well. Yeah, and he plays him as such a likable monster. Yeah. yeah, um, and like gives he's holding a dove inexplicably. Where yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that last scene was so confusing. Reflexes. He's just on a on a he's on a roof. You look at him. You look away. You look back. Where's the bird come from? Yeah. He's just holding a bird. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah, he, I like fantastic. to think he just showed up to set. He was just like they were doing this a take, a and then he was like, "Ridley, hold on a second. Ran outside, came back in with the live dove. <laughs> yeah, one of his doves. Yeah, exactly. Too. He's like, I have I have all these doves. <laughs> well, it was, we'll I mean, one. he didn't just have to go outside. He just pulled it. Out of his hat. Mm. Yeah. That's he, he has live, a dove cage on his trailer. He yeah, has is in his rider. Uh, who else? Hunter. Um, need to know. Daryl Hannah. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Daryl Hannah. Does a lot of somersaults. and. Uh, yeah, she's got a bit of a Harley Quinn vibe, yeah, right? The, yeah. the, the tumbling murder clown. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then um, we got to talk about Rachel, the oh, right. replicant. The girlfriend, who, yeah. Uh, doesn't know she's a replicant, finds out she is, takes it hold, gets raped by Harrison Ford, right. mm-hmm. uh, and then decides to go on a run with him. Yeah, yeah. Run away with him, which is from that. a very... Uh, which was that scene's such a bummer. The first yeah. of the three, four, three or four most awkward film kisses I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Well, Super there's... awkward. So... There are a lot of really awkward kisses in this movie. There's a lot of uh, interesting three. stories about that. Like, uh, apparently Harrison Ford and Sean Young in real life fucking hated each other. Mm. Uh, so that's a kind of goes for where, like, the chemistry, like, chemistry uh, came from. Yeah. Uh, I don't really like the way the sequel kind of retcons them as like a super loving couple. And like maybe they got there, but like that scene is very uh, p- problematic, I think. And I, yeah. I do think it's very funny uh, the way, uh, and not necessarily funny, but just kind of goes to sort of the sensitivities of a culture that I've talked to so many people who say like that's the point. They either like turn off the movie or they, they do like, I just couldn't like Harrison Ford after that. And it's like, it's that. It's not when he murders someone in the street who was just trying to live literally the scene before. Like, I think it, like you're supposed to not like him the entire movie because right. he's a, a violent, messy sociopath right. who learns that, like, that's not great and then lives the rest of his life in shame running away from it. Like, Man. this is like... I didn't get any of this. Yeah, it's the... This is... Okay, okay. Here's the great like, thing about Blade Runner, Alex. Yeah. It is a movie that every time you rewatch it, it's one of the most rewatchable movies I think ever made. Yeah, I can and believe that. Every single time you rewatch it, there's so many new things you'll pick mm-hmm. up on. So many. It's a rich, textured movie that is so fun to think about. Um, it's it's incredible. Uh, so so the first awkward kiss is Harrison Ford <laughs> and uh, and the uh, brunette robot, and he's like, "Tell me that you want me to kiss you right now." And then she's like, "All right," um, and that's terrible. <laughs> and then um, uh, the second one is uh, the the Dutchman and the uh, rich person. He kisses his maker before popping his eyes out, and it's real awkward. Yeah. And then the third... Well, I liked that one. Yeah. Most the awkward screen. Yeah, yeah? No, that was that yeah. was great. That's kind of hot. Like a yeah. murder kiss. It's not the. Yeah, it's a, he. It's his. It's still his father. You yeah. know, he still viewed think, him as a okay, father. Okay, okay. I don't think you should kiss your parents on the mouth. Okay, well, well that's that, your own personal yes, weirdness that you have. On, yeah. Not weirdness. The world is with me. <laughs> okay, I, all right, no, all right. I, this is fair. I'm not going to try and pretend what, that the world I, is not I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to challenge you on this one because I'm going to say one of the most popular podcasts in the world, way more popular than ours. 
ends every episode oh, yeah. with kiss, kiss your, your dad, dad on the mouth, on the mouths. <laughs> and people love that love shit. It. They love so it. So I. What podcast is this? The, That's not me, my brother, my, my brother, brother, and me. me. Oh. But I'm just saying, you you can't play this code on the on this one fact because I have proof that more people are okay with that than I'm you. I'm so glad think we're talking about Bim Bam right now. Yeah. They're you are such a Travis. You are such a Travis. Okay. <laughs> and then you're Justin, and I'm Sweet Baby Griffin. Okay. Um, and then the you third one, Travis, the third though, one, which I think is the worst, is when Clown Girl dies. She dies tongue out. She does die tongue and so out. Du- and so the Dutchman um, decides to kiss over and around her dead tongue. Yeah. I, I I'm not gonna say it's not weird. It's weird. Yeah. Three I, of the weirdest, ki- like three of the most awkward I film kisses of all time. Yeah, pretty awkward. Hey, I I like also I think that like there's something kind of beautiful to that kid. Like yes. I, I like the See, that's where I that, was at to me. It's kid. like nope. I I really like everything about his performance mm-hmm. in the final act of mm-hmm. this movie. But that is like again, it's a very human thing that these replicants do like that's a a theme through both of these movies Mm -hmm. it's like these small incredibly nuanced uh human gestures while the people who are supposed to be human don't do them right right that's like this incredible theme that runs through both movies and it's like really fun to every time you see something like that really think about like what is supposed to be the difference between them and us? Just to us offer like, yeah. one other possible explanation or other possible reading of that, which is this is proof that they are not human because, because it's awkward. Because sucking on a dead lady's tongue is pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. That's like someone who thinks that's a human gesture. Well, but I don't is think wrong. the movie is trying to say that the replicants are like exactly. They're, no, they're, they're all just a little off. Yeah. They're yeah. like they're they're all like somebody. Uh, um, I saw a guy a little while ago carrying a pizza box vertically, like just <laughs> carrying a pizza right. like a up and down, in the like a suitcase in a, like a briefcase. Yeah, and that's what I—that's a replicant yeah. behavior. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel. Like. I agree. You're close, but just a little bit off in a way that is very disturbing. Right. Anyway, um, we have to move along um, to our uh, because it's the fall. Um, we have to do our our favorite thing about the movie in what we are calling a compliment spice mm-hmm. latte. Um, so Hunter, why don't you start us out? What is Ooh. your favorite thing about Blade Runner? Oh, I mean. Well, big or small, it does not matter. I mean, it's got to be Roy's monologue at the end. Yeah, I mean, that's me, like the best. Give me, give, give us the the, the tears taste. in the rain. Oh yeah, tears monologue. In the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know I've seen I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Oh, so yeah. it's I don't and he uh, apparently improvised some of the like he says like like a so just weird sci-fi stuff. He's like, yeah, yeah, I see a sea ship. beams glitter in the dark. Yeah, yeah. over Tannhauser Gate or yeah. whatever. Some yeah. of those are like literary references. Yeah. Like I think Tannhauser Gate is something pulled from like an old poem. I don't. Huh. I, I wish yeah. I had. I should have researched that while while we were waiting to get set up. Yeah. What a but that monologue is yeah. uh, fantastic. Yeah, one of the one of the best cinema monologues. Period. Yeah. And uh, if you ever see, get a chance to see the theatrical cut, it's one is terrible, but it's. Uh, right after that incredible, powerful moment, it's like they have that close-up of Harrison Ford, and you hear his voiceover. It's like, and that I learned 
if the robot could love humans, oh then maybe God. then I can love life too. Like it's they literally <laughs> Harrison Ford explains all Wait, the so significance in that scene. Does he do, do all voiceover? his voiceover in the voice that he used with the snake stripper? Uh, not quite as bad, but almost that. Because uh, there's a scene where yeah. he, he tries the oh way my he God, tricks the so snake great. stripper into talking yeah, to him. It's one he's of, like I'm a reporter for yeah, the. It's, I, oh I'm, hey, <laughs> it's one of my favorite I'm a cartoon scenes. Character. It's for such this. a weird choice because it's like she doesn't know who you are you could just use your normal voice right. yeah, dude right. <laughs> it's not like you've talked on the phone earlier and she right. would recognize you he's just like it had to be a choice harrison ford made that mm-hmm. uh he was like oh no really i think i think decker would do like a character does, like, weird know? voices yeah. this is like a character he does all the time that's his his goofy reporter yeah. <laughs> um i so i mentioned the futurism i i love uh I, I love the art direction of this movie a lot. Yeah. I love the, the way the future is, the dirt punkness of it. <laughs> um, uh, but I also love when uh, peop- when predictions of the future miss. I think it's just as interesting when they have things that are like kind of right and, and also big misses. Um, and one of the things that's really fun about a lot of movies about the future, it's like a lot of the technology kind of works, but they miss social things a lot. Yeah, well, they miss the internet. Like, no one could have yeah. predicted. Mm-hmm. So, like... All almost all classic science fiction before the internet predicted like the big jump would be in like energy, right? Yeah. It would yeah. all be like uh, huge jumps in energy. No one imagined that the future would be huge jumps in information and data, yeah. and that's what actually happened. They're, they're and that's like, the thing you could have not have predicted. Closeness you know? to it, where it's like a lot of people predicted video calling, yeah. Which right for a long time I was like, clearly that's not working out. But then it turns out the kids are like putting on FaceTime and just walking around and hanging out all day, yeah. which is crazy to me. Um, but uh, but one thing, like another social thing that they missed, that was just like, everyone is still smoking indoors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like in the 80s, they were like, no matter what changes, we're going to have flying cars and all this stuff. Right. But we'll still smoke in the office, right? Oh, of course. It yeah. never occurred never to anybody that's like, yeah. this smells weird. We should do it outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that, watching it kind of bounce back and forth between things. They're like, oh, this is interesting. And you're making this great statement. And then like, oh, you just think nothing will ever be different mm. uh so that was a really fun watch oh that, that's mostly an excuse to say that not that that's the column the column is overall the art direction is incredible. Yeah. it's a great looking yeah. future really cool interesting uh interesting world some of the greatest miniature bit. work ever like yeah on, on film just in phenomenal miniature work in this world oh also they're still really into um printed photographs for some reason <laughs> i'm with you they're like, really yeah. like now let's do all this work on my TV VCR scanner yeah. combo mm-hmm. to enhance, enhance. this photo enhance. and then now print it because uh, right, yeah. we have no other way of transporting a photo around. Um, no internet. You can't just no internet. send it yeah, digitally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, kind of an odd thing is that um, there actually are way more people wearing single color jumpsuits mm. in Los Angeles in 2019 than in this futuristic movie about Los Angeles <laughs> right. in 2019. Right. This is one of the few movies that underestimated the yeah, number the of jumpsuits. Yeah, the fashion isn't wild enough, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's like, we actually, what's, it's every movie when I was a kid, it's like, the future, everyone's in jumpsuits. And then I, what I didn't, no one ever said was like, when we get there, they'll also look cool. Because yeah. like, everyone now is wearing really cool looking jumpsuits, <laughs> uh, especially in LA. Right. And, and then this movie was like, I think it'll just be jackets. Yeah. 
Which yeah, that's not sci- wrong about. But. The sci-fi party part where he goes to meet that guy or whatever for like just a second. You don't even really see much yeah, of the party. Yeah, yeah. Is one of the least wild sci-fi parties of all time. I was actually, I oh, forgot yeah. about that scene. And I was a little let down because I was like, what? There's no, nobody's really wearing anything that outlandish. Yeah, yeah there's like some masks. Uh, yeah. It's, and it's, the, the cup is like kind of a weird color. Well, I've always thought it was like in the future, them doing like a purposeful uh, roaring 20s throwback sure, party. Yes. Like yes. Mm-hmm. the sci-fi 2019 version of like when people do a 70s parties now. Right. Which or, is such a good point because that also yeah. is like that's actually for making predictions about the future. Yeah. The idea that in the future we'll be doing throwbacks to Novelty now is actually yeah. pretty, yeah. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Raw, pretty straight on. We're like, yeah. Every decade we're like, great, there's a whole new decade to think of as a yeah. fun party idea. Next year there's going to be a lot of Roaring twenties poties things because oh, yeah. we're back That's in the twenties. It's going to be the whole right. next decade. Oh yeah, is this going to be a lot of those novelty poties? You know what? So I'm buy fun. Top hats. I like a bob. I like yeah. a I like a frilly uh, flapper dress. This is yeah. great. <laughs> what a good time we're gonna have. I like hats. Yeah. Um, what were you going to push back on about smoking indoors? Uh, well, I was just going to say that I think the reason they smoke is just because of they're just trying to get that noir feel. They yeah, want yeah. it to be smoky. Yeah. They and want it dirty. To be, yeah, and yeah. yeah, and dirty too. Yeah, but, but also uh, that is the thing that happens a lot in futuristic yes. sci-fi movies where they're still smoking indoors, yeah. and you just like that wouldn't have occurred to you. Or like there's this famous. Um, I took a class in college about like retrofuturism, but there was this there's this uh, great popular mechanics from like the the 50s that's the cover of it is a lady power washing a sofa and it's like plastic and it's like the housewife of the future will clean her couch with a hose and it's like so you're in you're talking about plastics and at no point did it occur to you there'd be any social change at all yeah. right <laughs> so like it's that's that's what i feel like is a, like happen yeah. it happens yeah, sometimes yeah. too where there's like interesting like, oh we're gonna definitely we'll have flying cars but gender dynamics will stay forever right, <laughs> right. yeah uh, uh anthony favorite uh, thing favorite thing about blade runner uh uh, is kind of alluded to it earlier, but this and the sequel, I think, do this so well, and it's my favorite thing about uh, this movie in particular, uh, is that it's this, the universe of Blade Runner is so immaculately designed, and it just feels like every set goes on for miles yeah. in any direction. Yeah. If you look anywhere, there's like people in these incredible costumes, and it's, it's just like the world building feels so lived in and yep. real and every set is so unique but the story isn't about like there's so many movies like this that don't have this kind of world building but their story is like uh you know uh harrison ford would end up leading a replicant uprising and solving all the social issues by the end of the movie i love that both of these movies have nothing to do with like the greater universe like they don't affect yeah. anything yeah there it's literally just a story about the characters that are in it and the the effects and ripples from it don't matter it's right. about like this very hu- what it means to be human what it means yeah. what this means to these people only mm-hmm. and i just i love like i love i wish more movies took place in like really really detailed places that didn't have like well at the end it's a big happy ending cuz the bad guys are dead and everything's right. fine it's right. just like this is just a world you can dive into and live in and he has a very Small, simple story, in yep. it. and I think. Did you guys read or watch The Expanse? Are you Expanse? Uh, no, I no. want to get into it. Though. Oh man, I love The Expanse. But yeah. one of the things about The Expanse is like the first novel is like mostly it's it's another uh, it's a space noir, right? Um, <laughs> and it's very small, and it's really a great noir. It's so interesting. The sci-fi is so interesting, 
And then it does kind of shift around mm. the like the end of the first book is like, and also this affects everybody, and the ripples are huge, and it takes, and then yeah. and then it kind of goes like real bonkers mm. in, in the uh, towards the end of the second of the third book. There's like just it just goes so big and crazy. But in that, I, I liked that first part better when it was small and just like all of the setting is tools for this story, yeah, this yeah. human story, which I enjoy. I also do like the bonkers one where it's like, this planet's going to crash into another planet. Because yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it goes real weird. Somebody's driving a planet <laughs> with well, like the, levers. And, I mean, the person driving the planet is like a zombie ghost um, that it's connected Whoa. to an alternate you can't, intelligence. Like a they got bad eyes. You can't Dutchman. let them drive, yeah? <laughs> well, but they also... Yeah, I mean, I you know, I've only done the first three books, so I couldn't tell you if we ever find out exactly what it is. Um, oh, okay. Is the show good? Do you watch the show? The show is also good. The oh. show is so good. Um, we uh, the show. I, I mean, uh, it's I haven't done a thing where I read the book first in a long time, so I'm tempted to say the book is better, which is mm. like the most obnoxious thing to say out loud. Um, but. Uh, the one of the things about the show is that it was made by Sci-Fi Channel for like eighty dollars, so it's like this incredible sci-fi world that they were like, but we can only afford two sets yeah. and no CG, <laughs> um, and uh, like anything that would have been in zero gravity, we'll just turn on gravity because we cannot do wire work. We can't yeah, afford yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's still great, but it's cheap great, and I I kind of wish I had seen it with a huge budget. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, great, great yeah. compliment. Um, so uh, for our Next segment. This is. Well, wait, wait. What did you like? I like the futurism. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, for uh, for our middle segment for this this uh, series, because we're talking about a exit, we're talking about L.A. So mm-hmm. now we have to talk about the L.A. ness of Blade Runner. Um, I think. Um, one of the, well, you mentioned earlier, like uh, there's obviously some discussion of the cops uh, in this movie. There's <laughs> a lot of instances of the cops. Um, I, there was also this really the interesting thing where. Um, the uh, the clown Cylon, she like sleeps in an alleyway, and then the goofball inventor is like so startled that she's sleeping in his garbage, um, as if there's no homelessness at all in the future, no, which no, is kind of interesting. I think it's more that Daryl Hannah is sleeping in his garbage oh. than it is like I if. Agree. If you know the guy from the first Voight test who shoots him popped yeah. out, I don't know if he would have been like, "Yeah, you want to come see my weird, my weird toy people? Do you want to see my collection of horny toy people? Right. Yeah, uh, horny toy people. They're, they weren't all horny, but there was that yeah. one oh, like general horny, horny guy yeah. who just general went horny. King. He just kept going like, <laughs> and he just walks into walls constantly. Yeah, yeah. Into walls. yeah that touch. was fun and delightful. Did and you notice the uh, the toy unicorns he yeah. had? Throughout yeah. his house, it's another little thing that also horny. Got made Very sure horny. Horny. in the in the. Uh, I did not notice cuts. that. But yeah. interesting, interesting. Um, I also, I but, mean, one thing I think is really great in doing a movie about the future of LA. So you had we you did see a lot of oil wells, which yeah. one of the crazy things about hanging out in Los Angeles is there are just like oil derricks in the city, yeah. just slowly clunking away. Um, so that sound that felt very familiar, but also I. Having driven in LA a lot, I am terrified of the idea of flying cars in mm-hmm. Los Angeles because, yeah. holy shit, merging left and right is hard enough. If merging I'm mer- up and down, yeah. If I'm but merging in a full 360 degree, forget ooh, about it. Yeah, God, yeah. could you imagine being stuck like 200 feet up in the air when everyone gets out of their car and does a big song and dance number? <laughs> you know, like 
just would have that would La-La be La-La so Land. scary. Oh man, it would <laughs> but, be terrifying. Yeah, I mean, there is so it's a very different. It's literally the like almost the exact opposite of what LA actually is nowadays. Instead of uh, the rain, constant rain in this movie, everything's on fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> Instead yeah, of, you know, that's so true. Uh, so it's really like it what, is what rainy for Los Angeles. What did they yeah. think was going to happen in those twenty years that it would just rain a lot there? Basically, like real bad global warming. I mean, but I kind of well, in the opposite. Just to yeah. bring a little bit of the book into yeah. this discussion. Oh, yeah. uh, in the book, there was like a nuclear oh, Holocaust was... event, and that's yeah, why yeah. it's just all dark and na- sort of like in uh, the Matrix. Like they, yeah, yeah. Nuked, everything got nuked up. And now yeah. it's all nasty. Oopsie nuksie. Yeah. Oopsie nuksie. Um, that say. was the original title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we were actually just looking at an apartment in uh, a neighborhood in L.A. that... Uh, did you guys ever watch The Shield? Uh, a little bit, but oh, not man. much. I no. loved The Shield. Anyway, we were looking at this neighborhood, and I, was, I told my sister about it. She was like, oh, that's the place where um, the most famous police corruption scandal of all time happened. And uh, it's the, the thing that the, the Shield is based on. So it's kind of a terrifying place that you can just be like, let's go. Because when you're shopping for apartments in Portland, you're not like, oh... But, Southeast, is that where all of these shows about cops murdering people took place? But, I mean, technically, every street in L.A., if you go back, you could probably yeah. find some horrible thing mm-hmm. the cops did on that street. Like, yeah. it's... Yeah, I mean, you say that as if it's not fucking terrifying. Yeah. It is. It's a little scary. Uh, it's an intense way to shop for stuff. <laughs> I do not... <laughs> yeah. I do not recommend looking at a crime map. Ugh. No, I, w- I would not suggest that either. Um, although we did find one that said, like, this neighborhood is uh, is red for crime. This neighborhood is red for crime. This neighborhood is red for crime. And then we looked at Portland, and it was like, oh, they also think Portland is red. So yeah. maybe these people are just, like, afraid of being talked Little to on babies, the bus. babies, yeah. yeah. Um, Grow up. Does this seem like a this future L.A., does it seem like there are things that you would be, enjoy living in? Are there parts of us that you would like? I, you, the, the food pyramid? looks really good. Yeah, the noodles. Yeah. Also, oh man, we didn't even talk about the uh, instead of food trucks, they have a lot of like uh, rebel scientist street carts. There's a lot of street (laughs) vendors who do analysis of genetics and things and make eyeballs. The guy with the coat. I didn't understand much of that. Nothing is, no businesses are indoors anymore. It's just (laughs) like tables out there. It's just a market. Which I like. That's actually pretty, Mm -hmm. every city's gone really into markets recently. Yeah, markets Uh, are cool. I do think, uh, I'm really surprised these have never actually caught on, but uh, I'd love to live in a world in which the Blade Runner umbrella was commonplace. Oh, yeah, with the little light. The the light in the stand, which you constantly see throughout the background of it. I want one of those umbrellas really bad. On the other hand, a lot of them were wearing, like, it looked like trash can lids as hats. Um, There were a lot of of uncomfortable-looking hats. Yeah, Yeah. some not good fashions in there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, the cops were just like they're like normal cars, but with two layers of cop lights instead mm. of one. Um, Some things didn't change that much. Yeah, you know? the trash truck had was made of glass partially. Mm. I think. Yeah, I didn't even notice that part. It was the one that Daryl Hannah bumped into and broke the window. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was like a taxi. He was. Oh, that was, that was ta- what the guy was getting out of. Mm-hmm. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, it she was, was yeah. waiting for him in front of his house. It's yeah, that like was strange. We a um, taxi co. I. Uh, I also don't care for the uh, the Goodyear blimp that just yeah. says, "Hey, do you want to move away from yeah, Earth? Get yeah, get off yeah. Earth. Earth sucks." <laughs> just over and over and over it's again. Huge bummer you down there. Check y'all. out space, you guys. <laughs> Man, you should leave. Is there a reason uh, from the book why? Is it because of the nukes? Why does? Mm. Why do they want to move off? Oh Earth? yeah, no. Earth is just crummy. Like yeah. yeah, you need to move away because Earth has been ruined. Yeah, only it's, like poor really live yes. in on Earth. It's still. like it, it's, it, there yeah. is a post-apocalyptic aspect yeah, to yeah, the yeah. to the movie that. Or at least the 
book that the movie kind of just is like, well, that's just the backdrop and we're not going to explain that to you at all. Yeah, yeah, I actually think that's a cool way to do it. It's not like, I don't care about the nukes. I, yeah. I want to talk about just this show kind me, of, Show me the kind world. Kind of shitty cop. Make it tactile, yeah. basically. Um, I do think that it does look too dirty for me. And that is actually like... <laughs> so you're not going to move Los there. Angeles. You wouldn't yeah. live there. Yeah. No, I'd live off world for sure. Oh, for sure. Right. You'd be off. That's you'd where be, those, yeah. the space robots you can have. Right, right. That's where fun. I want to be. That would be fun. Um, I want to see, see a sea beam glittering in the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most beautiful construction site. Sea beams. <laughs> <laughs> right now we do eye beams because yep. of like physics. Yeah. Right. In the future, they do it. This The most unhelpful yeah, yeah, yeah. shape of a beam is like an arc where the pressure is all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. That's Cut oh, corners of the Tyrell Corporation. If you, know? you turned it on its side and it was a little arch, like a, it'd be more an end beam, but that would actually probably be very stable. But a C beam huh. seems well, like the least the, stable The problem beam. is, Alex, it's in space. There is no up and down. So it's all relative. Down so is the, the C- enemy's base. Yeah. The C beam can be anywhere, you know? <laughs> All right, so I guess to to wrap on this, because um, we were getting here towards the end, um, does it fuck? So does Blade it Runner, fuck? <laughs> Blade Runner, the original film. Uh, I I forgot to write down the year. What year was this? Nineteen eighty two. Eighty two. Oh, good year. Yeah. Um, my sister's year. Um, Nineteen eighty two, uh, film Blade Runner. Well, you guys have seen it before, so the question yeah. is, does it hold up? Uh, slash, how did it change during this watching for you guys? And then for me, because I've never seen it before. Does it fuck? Mm. Um, which uh, I started saying, yeah. and then everyone was like, that's the worst, except on the show. <laughs> but then yeah. the fans were all like, you have to keep saying that. Every time you say it, I yeah. laugh. Um, so it does it fuck? Yeah, yeah, does it fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so that's all. Yeah. Um, uh, let's let's go. Um, I should probably go last. So yeah, let's, let's go, go Anthony Hunter. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I have... A- I'm not sure what my, most people's experience. This kind of a lot of people I know have this experience with Blade Runner. I first saw Blade Runner when I was like 15, 16, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was Harrison Ford was on the cover of it with a gun, yeah. and it has robots in it or something. It's kind of a big gun. Yeah, I mean yeah. his gun is so iconic. Gun. <laughs> uh, the gun is so iconic. Yeah, Harrison yeah. Ford's uh, uh, pistol in this movie, but. Um, Anyway, so this movie came out in 82. The movie he did right before this was uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, and, uh, the first Raiders, Indiana Jones. Right? Raiders, yeah. 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 The movie he did right after this was Return of the Jedi. So I was like, mm-hmm. I He's sat down it. expecting yeah. like a fucking v- v- big action movie, pitted on. Fell asleep during the Photoshop scene when sure. he's voice <laughs> commanding his computer. It, and was, I remember, it was slow. Yeah, I, and I they remember, did not imagine a quick computer in the future yeah, either. It was like enhance. I genuinely didn't. I was like, the next day I was talking to friends. I was like, I don't get the deal with this Blade Runner. I watched it and it's like the slowest. And I remember thinking like, oh, and I've I've heard people say this before, like, oh, it's just like a way old movies are. You know, it's just slower. Doesn't have <laughs> yeah, that. Okay. You know. Uh, and then I remember yeah, when you I know all those movies just like Blade Runner. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 the thing I realized later. It's like I've heard people like I've heard other people say like, oh, you know, it's just older movies have a sort of slower pace. 
And it's like one of those things as I got older and then when I first moved out, a friend of mine, it was like right around the time uh, HD was kind of becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. I told him I had never seen Blade Runner all the way through and very much like today, yeah. uh, he was like, you got to come over, you have to watch it like this. And oh, I was so, so maybe there's, there's like a tradition of trapping yeah. people in your house watching Blade Runner. And I was fucking floored. Yeah. And I remember like thinking like this, this, that, that idea that was so silly that I think like, oh, that time when Hollywood made slow, interesting. <laughs> Perspective, yeah. neo nor movies. Like it's like no, that never existed. Blade right. Runner has always been such a unique thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, since then I've probably seen it four or five times. Uh, it's all one the of cuts? those. Uh, I, th I haven't seen all of them. I don't think I've ever seen like the theatrical cut all the way through, oh, or like the work print cut. I definitely want to watch the theatrical part um, now. But yeah, so it's it's one of those like I do. Yeah. Oh no, I I was oh. just burping. Oh. But, <laughs> Man, even your burp seemed to mean yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> I just like I just think it'd be interesting to watch the theatrical one because like that's the one a lot of people saw. Yeah, and I think that's right. interesting. And, and, well, they and liked also, it enough critics that it still didn't exists. love the movie when it came out. Yeah. it was a polarizing uh, movie on yeah, release. Yeah, yeah. and so. um, it's it's one of those movies that uh, as I got kind of like more and more into film criticism and like just studying movies you know Blade Runner is one of those movies that's the most written about films in mm. film history just in terms of like if you want to like do deep dives and basically anything you're interested in if you're interested in like sexual politics or like uh, you know Blade Runner as viewed through a uh, social injustice thing yeah, or like right. police brutality or like or, any or job creators or job creators that literally yeah. if you Steve any jobs. anything <laughs> you're interested in you can find an interpretation of Blade Runner that like will enhance that reading for it and I do think there's really something interesting with like the Tyrell Corporation and like Uber and the way they're trying to make self-driving cars yeah. to replace their workers yeah, and I mean, there is, there's a lot of things like that, so many things like that in this movie. And it's every time, like I said, every time we watch this movie, there's something new you can get out of it. There's yeah. something new you can appreciate for it. Uh, so, yeah, I think this movie fucks real hard. Yeah. Uh, I think the sequel fucks Art. real hard, too. Yeah. I think uh, Which, so it I holds about up watching super 2049, well. and you forbade me from watching it until I had seen this one. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it, I think 2049 can work on its own. I think yeah. it's a much richer film and I think it's one of the rare sequels that makes the first one more interesting yeah. as well. That's a very cool um, thing about it. Yeah, I agree with that. So I, 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 it's one of those things that I think both of these movies hold up spectacularly well Yeah. Uh, and I think every time you watch it, you're going to get something new out of it and I just, I love it. I, uh, holds up spectacularly well, fucks hard. Hunter. I definitely think... Blade Runner 1982. Yeah. How does it... Definitely think up. it fucks hard. Yeah. It fucks hard. Um, it fucks. But like, you know, okay, to be clear, hard is not always good. Oh, okay. It, well, it fucks the no, way. No, no, but for that's me. what it does. This is how it fucks. Yeah, okay? yeah it does. That's yeah. how we're getting to it. A little slow, but hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, I my, my history, like I've seen Blade Runner uh, like four or five times as well. I also saw it when I was like 16 or 17. What was able to get me through the first viewing because I think the the first time you watch the movie, it feels like oh, this feels like too slow. It doesn't feel like there's like enough happening. Um, was I was I had just gotten into like ambient music, Sports okay, of Canada, yeah, yeah. Aphex Twin, and I think it's a crime that we actually haven't mentioned the music at all. Angelus, score, yeah, super super good. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of got me through it. And then uh, I think the kind of dorm room aspect of like, is Harrison Ford a replicant or not? <laughs> like that, like kind of like let's smoke weed and talk about that yeah. right now. Um, I think that made me like want to come back to it. What I noticed about this viewing is this first time I'd seen it after reading the book. Um, and there are a couple uh, things 
that I really wish it had that are just like kind of world building things from the book. The book has this thing called a mood organ, which is like a tool that people use that human beings use to like set their mood. Like it can just be like, there's this great scene at the beginning of the book um, just to try and get people to read it. I just want to throw this in just for that reason. Um, At the very beginning of the book, uh, Rick uh, is married in the book um, and he has a wife. He's also definitely not a replicant in the book. Mm. Oh, and the first oh. scene is he is having a fight with his wife, but they have these these devices called mood organs that they can just use to set their mood to whatever they want. Uh-huh. So he gets like really pissed off at her and is just like, please just set it to happy right now. Just set it to happy. And she does, and then they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, that's intri- that's intriguing. Yeah, Wait, yeah. but he so if Harrison Ford is not a replicant in the book. Well, the the book is. I mean, the book is like the same world. There are a lot right. of things oh, in right, common, right. but, but it really does a very they different don't care. thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So fucks hard. Fucks whether, hard. Whether or not yeah. you're into that a bu- book, fucks good too. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good fuck book. Good. And it's the good. the replicant thing is one of those like uh, it's very much a Ridley Scott flag that he's flying, mm-hmm. and some it's one of like the writer doesn't believe he's a Hampton France guy who wrote both movies doesn't believe oh. Harrison Ford doesn't think he's a replicant. Uh, it's it's one of those things like a lot of the creative decisions on it, but it's just Ridley Scott who's obsessed with how clever he thinks that twist is, right? And just is always trying Man, to reinforce what if he's that he's a Robo though, yeah. Robo Ford. So uh, I think Ridley is right. And if he's not a replicant, it's a slower story. I think it's a like. Then there's a lot of weird yeah. unicorn shit for no reason. Yeah. And uh, also, well, like, there's just things. There's decisions he made with that in mind. I I really hate the idea that creative people on this project disagreed about what is happening in the project. Like, that's very frustrating for me. That's so interesting. Yeah, but I mean, that's like again, it's, it's one of those because we watched this cut. I feel like you you had that. If we had watched like. The director's oh, cut, which doesn't have any of the unicorn stuff in it at all. Oh. Like, none of those scenes are in most of the other cuts. Because the director's cut is not the director. Yeah. The director direct- had nothing to do with it. Yes. The director's cut, I, w- I believe that story was like the studio just released a different version of so it. Just for fun. Yeah. And the final cut is Ridley Scott's actual director's cut. I mean, this is like, this is the thing that I know makes me sound like an idiot, but I also, in my heart, believe that a lot of people feel this way. They just don't say it because they're embarrassed. But I do think when a movie has made a choice or a book has made a choice about what is happening in it that is more artistically interesting when they say that it's up to me to decide in my heart what I think happened. I don't love ambiguity in a story because you're telling me a story. I don't think my job is to tell you your own story back to you. I think you just couldn't make a decision and you're being fucking lazy. So anyway, I know that makes you sound like an idiot. I know. I know. I don't think it makes you sound like an idiot. I don't think it makes you sound like an idiot. But I think in their hearts, most people, most humans find a story more satisfying if both the director and the writer agree on what's happening. It depends on what you're being ambiguous about. Like for me, Harrison Ford's character being maybe a robot, maybe not. It almost it's just like kind of a little microcosm of the entire point of the movie. Mm -hmm. Basically, the idea that uh, what is human? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, And if you can't tell, what does it matter? You know, Uh, like it's. Like I, I sort of like that the I feel the same way as you that the ambiguity, ambiguous nature of that adds to reinforces the themes of the movie. Yeah. The, so, it's the whole movie. Like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, a yeah, smaller yeah. version of so the entire I movie. I think that's so if the if the artist is saying there's ambiguity to the viewer because that is making an artistic point, 
I think that's very interesting. But I also think then in that that person in their heart should know um, yeah. because otherwise it would like the, what they think is happening should affect every line of dialogue they're writing. And so if they are saying even I don't know, mm. that feels like a cop out. I think it's okay for the actor to make a choice, but I think there's a difference mm. between the actor making a choice and us, the audience, knowing something yeah, is true that, or not true. But I think true. the director and the writer should probably yeah. be on the same page as the actor. Yeah, well, and what I, about like Doubt? Like, you know, Doubt, the play? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the so Doubt is a play about um, a priest yeah, yeah. that uh, may or may not have had uh, sexual relations like with the right, child, basically. Right. And the way the play works is the actor m- decides every night. The way the play is written is it's completely ambiguous whether right. he did it or not. But the actor decides if they did it or not. Right. And they play it like one is true or one isn't. Now, the yeah, audience is fun. not supposed yeah. to know. Like, you can't get inside his brain and figure yeah. it out. But... Yeah, I think that's a that's that's a fun artistic yeah. decision, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's also a difference between I think like like I get where you're coming from, but there's a with like Blade Runner is a great example of like I think if you asked Ridley Scott in 1982, he probably would not have had an answer, but after years of mm-hmm. people asking him and him getting, I mean. This is a guy who also felt like he needed to explain where the alien came from, and did two prequels just explaining. Wasn't that. Prometheus kind of fun though? Yeah, but not. It wasn't a very good movie. Oh, really, I, Scott I has kind of, hmm. kind of like especially the second one was really bad. Yeah, I didn't see the second one. But I thought like really Scott's kind of lost his edge and is just kind of seeking for like relevance or something, mm-hmm. and like making his his impo- like his voice more important to yeah. it. You know? Ridley Scott, I just realized, does like having grown men kiss each other, though, because Covenant has some very yeah. good... Uh, what is that actor's name? Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender kisses Michael Fassbender yeah. in that movie. Michael Fassbender... Okay, so Covenant, I do want to say one thing. Yeah. If you're going to see if Covenant, don't. But <laughs> there is a sequence in uh, Covenant where two Michael Fassbenders play a single flute... And Michael oh. Fassbender says, "You blow all finger." Yeah, and yeah, it's so worth it. It's yeah, that's fun. It is I a hell of a sequence. I yeah. think people should see it just for the their middle. It's like the second act of the movie is just uh, if you want more Fassbender in your life, you're going to get so much of it. And so yeah, and really weird Fassbender. It's a dumb yeah. movie, though. Yeah. I agree with that. It's dumb, but it is. But I it, think worth. It was. I saw it in theaters, and I. Yeah, I, same I, I was like, oh, this was. I'm and glad I, I saw this. It's I just, really just dumb. like the one thing I really like about Prometheus and Covenant is the something that Blade Runner does really well is the idea of uh, a creation and your relationship with your creator. Yeah, very mm-hmm. Westworld. Like, uh, those movies have. It's the same thing. Yeah, I know. I know. I love. I just. Yeah, but those movies. I'm t- tying it to something that I, I know. Yeah, I know. About. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just. <laughs> but I just. I love that idea quite a bit, and uh, I think Blade Runner does it the best. But Covenant has like there's an opening scene. The opening scene of Covenant, another really good scene in that movie. It's Michael mm-hmm. Fassbender like waking up for the first time and meeting his creator and realizing. That he's so much better than his creator, right. yeah. and it's just like this unbelievable scene in terms of like his the way he plays that performance and like it's great. It uh, I, I think that's awesome. Just yeah. to be clear, I did not think it was the second creepiest kiss I've ever seen because they were both dudes. It's because um, um, it yeah. was his father. They were both adults. That's weird. And also, he was in the process of murdering him. Yeah. And so I feel like the murder kiss with dad 
is creepy. Well, this I don't want to spoil anything about Covenant, but all, that, all is, the time. that is also an element in Covenant. Oh, There's yeah. definitely not, see, some, I would think yeah. that was creepy then. I think yeah. boys kissing is great. I just think murdering your murder, dad as you murder kiss him. Murder kissing, yeah. regardless of gender, gets pretty yes. weird. Yeah. And, I and think murder like, kissing your parents the, is the creepiest murder kiss. Yeah, the, yeah. the kissing is okay, but there's something about... <laughs> We're going to rape the yeah, kiss. I'm gonna, you know, like they could have kissed... So, like I just felt yeah. like they didn't hold the kiss long enough for but me. It, yeah. it's, it's really the, uh, the, the idea of kissing someone and slowly moving your thumb towards their eyes. Because oh it's not God. like he kisses them and then immediately gouges it. He's yeah. like kissing them and like... Holding his face. Slowly like, moving his thumbs up. It's such a bothersome. Is it weird that the, in the future that if your eyes are, are gouged, you immediately die? Well, I think he a, cracks his neck, too. He does crack his neck? Yeah. Well, then why, said. why do both? I don't well, know. It's, I mean, really gilded the lily on uh, murder Speaking kiss. of themes, I don't know if you noticed the constant eye symbolism yeah, throughout eye symbolism. the movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a sort lot of... Like of a way, sort of similar to the way there's a lot of snow in Snowpiercer. Snow yeah, yeah, yeah. You see it. Oh, it keeps coming back. The yeah. theme of the snow. The theme of snow. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The same way the theme of eyes. It's the same thing. You're just saying, oh, one noun can't be a theme, but another mm. one can. <laughs> Hunter Donaldson, slightly <laughs> condescending film. I'm not. I just. <laughs> All right. Um, no, no. So it's I. Fair. Okay. To so to to wrap on that, I guess I feel like, uh, man, I, the experience of it is interesting. I I would not say it fucked me hard. Um, but it did. You know, I felt like we had a good time together. It got a that. hook in you, at least. <sighs> That's not yeah. how I do it. Um, <laughs> at least a finger. Um, I think it started... Yeah, it was... And I actually, it felt like it was fucking for a while. And then uh, the second half or the third mm. act or something, I just got... I felt like it got a little bog, boggy. It was mm. a long fight sequence between people where I didn't care who won. And that's mm-hmm. kind of weird because they were both, like, monsters... So it was like they're just not that invested in either of these people at that with these yeah, robots at this yeah. point. It's so weird, but like the, this time watching it, I was so much just rooting yeah. for Rutger Hauer, and yeah. that's it. Like I was just I like, mean, he's... I I tend to take more. I, I'm, I'm very literal, and I take yeah. what I am given, which is like the movie is saying, "You are the good guy, you yeah. are the bad guy," and I'm not usually clever enough to be like, "I think that person's wrong." Mm. So I was like, "Cops and robbers, the robber is the bad person." Right. But they did murder. Dozens and dozens yeah. of people, right? Um, just to get here before the movie here. even opens. Yeah, they did yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So they're not great yeah. people. No, it's no. hard to root for them. Um, and like Harrison Ford is like, I mean, the way you described him murdering people on the street is like, I guess I believe that he believes that those are robots, and so it's fine. And so I just mostly was rooting for Harrison yeah. Ford. But then I was like, well, I'm rooting for Harrison Ford, but he's also like, he's a shitty cop. Why yeah. did they get this guy out of retirement? He's like. A bumbling idiot. Unless like, he's a replicant and he just doesn't know any better, right? But why so would that? Like it, I, the robots are supposed to be yeah. so smart, and he's like, "I know what I'll do." Instead of just shooting this lady, first I'll pretend to be to be from a guild <laughs> of snake strippers <laughs> in a silly voice, and then only when she runs into the street will I shoot her yeah. in cold blood. But, so like, I just feel like like I'm like I, I like this guy, but he's like a bumblefuck cop, yeah. and. Uh, all, and his bosses seem like assholes. He's also sort of forced into all of this. He doesn't want to be here, which makes me feel bad for him. I, um, I feel like he plays it kind of like he's unsure or questioning everything the whole time. There's yeah. a lot of internal See, life questioning. I feel. Like, I wish he was. I wish that was more clear that he was questioning the decisions of what he had to do because it felt more like he was just like bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also one of those things that like. Uh, why I think this movie rewards repeated viewing so much. It certainly sounds because like it's it like would, yeah, now yeah, that yeah, you have this kind of like baseline, especially the the final act, the things that you said kind of feel like bog, especially like the uh, 
the like final action scene when you when you're expecting a action movie confrontation it is very weird but when you know what happens in that scene and you can kind of contextualize it that he's literally like a cat torturing a mouse yes right that's literally the whole thing he's just batting Harrison Ford but that around is such, solely such to, a strange choice too yeah. I, at the, that point I don't feel like like his speech later maybe justifies yeah. it more although I definitely can't root for someone who's like, I think my only job left in my waning moments on Earth, instead of dealing with the beauty that I have seen that you haven't seen, what I really should do is just torture one cop for my last 10 minutes on Earth. That's well, hard to get that really killed, behind. In. That killed his friend. It yeah. did kill his friend. That's yeah, true. But still, yeah. it's hard Multiple for me to be of his super, super mm-hmm. excited about a, a yeah, like mm-hmm. mass murderer, well, serial killer. Mm-hmm. Cat torturing a cop. Well, does it make you any person? Well, I, just I mean, fun. I what mean, if like, you look just, at it? I just don't. I just didn't feel like I had my teeth in either yeah. of them at that moment. What so if you look at it as a? Um, he knows that Deckard is a replicant and is trying to wake him up to that fact. Yeah, but you like, know, you mean like he's putting him through the maze? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's his own a little Westworld analogy I for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Westworld. Oh, is it kind of a Westworld thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, is this kind of a Westworld <laughs> yeah. thing? Anyway, for me, it didn't fuck super hard, but it definitely it heavy petted, and I'd be willing to you know try again, see if yeah. we. If we I think you should see the sequel. The time. You should see the sequel. Yeah, I will. The sequel has a um, more the finale, the climax of the sequel is a little more traditional. Like, whoa, this is just like cool right now. Yeah, um, and it's a very interesting sequence, and isn't so like whoa, what, what is? I don't understand where I'm at. This right is now. late in the show to bring this up, but I, I, I'm just curious now. Um, in the sequel. Does this beautiful art miniature world turn into just dumb looking CG? No. So it actually they really keep the aesthetic in cool. an incredible way. They cool. do a lot of practical sets and all there is a lot of CG in it, but it's all kind of designed to look like miniature work. Mm. Um so it looks incredible. But it, it yeah. looks like the Blade Runner world thirty years in the future. Cool. It's they nail it get the dirtier aesthetic. or cleaner. A snowier. It's snowing yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, a In new LA. theme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is like, and no, they do use snow as a theme in that movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yes. There you go. All right, everybody, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again um, in two weeks. We're going to take next week off. Next week, I'm going on a, on a trip to New York, which I will tell you more about when I come back from it. Uh, but I'm going to be in New York for the weekend, and then I'll come back. We'll do more Alexit episodes. We have so many more cool L.A. things to talk about. So join us for that. Uh, always great to talk to you, Anthony. Thanks for hosting us in your house. Yeah, thanks for coming over and watching Blade Runner with me. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. And yeah. then talking about whether they're robots or not, like yeah. we're in college. Right, or um, like uh, how it's a Westworld thing, kind of. Yeah. A lot of, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's kind of a Westworld thing going on with that movie. Right? I really like Westworld. Yeah, yeah, Wrecker is sort of like Ed Harris, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, at Hungry Hunty on Instagram, where he takes pictures of his plates formerly containing food. Dirty plates, restaurants love it. <laughs> Everybody talks in the restaurant world now about how you have to make your food Instagrammable, but you're you you were gonna say further they should make their empty plate look more Instagrammable. If yeah, if I it. can make that plate look nasty, yeah. then you failed. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> you, right. you know what they should do? You should suggesting treating the plates like uh, like a popsicle stick, mm-hmm. like put a joke around the outside that oh. you can take a picture of. So when you get to the bottom, the punchline is in the, the punchline is in the middle. Exactly. Oh, that you know? sounds great. I like it, but oh, they're all good. like. 
what did the snowman say? They're all like real corny. Yeah, exactly. oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, if I ever saw a high quality joke on Not a play to a popsicle, yeah. I'd be upset. I'd this is a very funny idea. Is if they sneak in one like really good satire, yeah. like real biting joke about about uh, macroeconomics. Just well, like one you know what they don't, figure, right? Like, Shit, popsicle. You know what they don't? Choking hazard. You don't want to have a popsicle in your mouth to start to laugh. That big old I, chunk, you die. You know, they can't true. be too they funny. It can't be too funny. Yeah. Oh my god, I could totally see the meeting of somebody like this is way too funny. Yeah. yeah. Like we can't. It's do a this. yeah. It's a comedy writers room where they're like, listen, Travis, I'm gonna need you to back it off a little bit. Yeah. Kids are dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you could just, you're at a six right now. I need you to be at a, like a two. Yeah. I want these to be like, hmm, like that's your yeah. best. All right. Anyway, if that, we'll talk more about popsicle sticks in the future and more about LA. Thank you so much, everybody. Goodbye. Ooh, a lot of fun.